Welcome to another episode of the Power of the Pause with Colleen Falto, Energetic Weight Loss Coach. Energetic weight loss, we're talking about a focus on weight loss in your energetic 5D body. So many people right now are focused on their 3D body and we're shifting the energy. We're shifting the focus to your 5D energetic body, losing the suppressed emotions, the suppressed trauma and drama and lack, holding weight on you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, so that you can lose the physical weight with ease if you desire and just be mentally free. Today, I'm so excited. We're joined by a man, Nick Ross, that has coached me over the last year. And literally one conversation with him changed everything in the way I do business, the way I see things. And this episode is going to be fire. Every like Nick is just an amazing person. So Nick, thank you so much for coming on and your time with us. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. Thank you for that uh, beautiful and very welcoming introduction and look forward to to talking. We always have great, deep, insightful conversations. So just a continuation of that and looking forward to just impacting a life. If we can do that today with this single podcast here in the next 30 minutes, then that's a massive win for me. Absolutely. So Nick, can you share a little bit about your story, your, your story from everything? I, I don't want to say it for free, but your story is just insane. Yeah. Um, since we, we got uh, a 30 minute window here, I'll like super accelerate the, the beginning half of the story so we can get into the meat and potatoes and uh, where a lot of the identity work uh, came in that I did to help transform my life. And I love what you said in the beginning that this is a physical, it's an emotional, it's a spiritual journey. And it is. Uh, we actually live on three planes of understanding simultaneously, the spiritual, the emotional, and physical. So healing all of those three things to create that a new identity, I think that's amazing. I really align with that. And uh, I, I set all of this up so we can get to this point. But I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania. I worked on a horse farm my whole entire life and uh, really uh, got in a bad car accident when I was 16 years old. My dreams of being a professional athlete were robbed from me because of that car accident. I wasn't driving. I was a passenger with another 16-year-old who made a very bad decision. And a lot of people got hurt. And I was one of them. And what that did is I started modeling because of the depression and the anger for something getting robbed from me. I was so young. I didn't know that, you know, my, my dreams of going to a D one college and playing for a D one school in hockey and going to the NHL and becoming a professional athlete, the way that I coped with that, my coping mechanisms were to model the behavior of my parents and how they dealt with stress, which was with alcohol and drugs and recreational drugs. And I did that from literally the age of 16 to the age of 32, because I also got involved in the music industry. I was in the music industry for 15 years. I live in Nashville. It's what brought me here. And I was a single bachelor guy. And my company moved me all over the country to these cities uh, to work in the music industry and do sales. So I just like lived this rock and roll lifestyle. That's the best way I could put it. I drank a lot of Jameson. I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day. I was at every party and like this, every scene that you had to be seen and at and the pictures, like I was at all of those things. And I was living, I didn't know this then, but I was living a hedonistic lifestyle. I was pleasure seeking. And um, that is one of the most dangerous things that we can do in life, constantly seeking the next pleasure because man, there's not a lot of lessons to be learned in seeking pleasure all the time. So lo and behold, I lived this lifestyle and, you know, the universe is exacting at rewarding you for your worth, both positively and negatively. And at this point, at the age of 32, I woke up with the feeling that I had cancer and that feeling led to me going to the doctor. She's like, sweetie, 
you're fine. You had the flu the week before that you had your uh, four wisdom teeth surgically removed. Cause I had this lump in my throat. She's like, here's some antibiotics, go home. You're fine. But something inside of me that day kept telling me something was wrong. And as a 32 year old man, I did not do this normally, but that night I went home, went through my shower routine, getting ready through bed. And I decided to examine myself. And when I examined myself is when I found a lump on my testicle going in a direction it should not. And then this all happening from the moment I woke up to mm. the moment I found it with maybe like a 12 hour window from like waking up to actually finding this all just happening very quickly. So it's late at night and I do the thing that you're not supposed to do, which is go to WebMD, which only made my fears worse. So I didn't sleep and to hyper accelerate this story, uh, I woke up the next morning, went to go see an oncologist. And less than two, three hours after that, I was diagnosed with cancer. They called me, said, you have surgery on Monday. This was, fr this was a Friday afternoon. I got the call. I found the tumor Thursday night. So all of this happening within a 24 hour period by myself alone, already broke, not in a good position in life and facing uh, a very uphill battle really for the next year, but, uh, you know, as a cancer patient survivor, survival survivor, you're really going through it in like a five-year, uh, window. Yeah. Wow. So that's the accelerated story to get me where, uh, I am today where, you know, I had to wake up and start making some decisions to change my life, change my identity, change my habits and behaviors. Yeah. And now Nick is, the sales director at the nutrition coaching Institute um, just bought his first home and it, it like life just is as good as you allow it to be. But so many of us on a subconscious level are attached to the pain from the past. And we don't even understand how our subconscious mind is holding us back, right? How our subconscious mind and these like limiting beliefs and this attachment to our past, is keeping us stuck in these, these stories we tell ourselves as opposed to being, you know, shit, like literally fl flipping what we're telling ourselves. Like, all right, I'm going to use this. And, you know, your story doesn't have to be like Nick's story. My story is pretty, pretty uh, dr dramatic when I talk about my addiction and how I had to go to re re rehab for th three months and I really burned my, my life to the ground. Your story doesn't have to be, you know, getting diagnosed with cancer, having struggles with addiction, whatnot to realize you're not where you want to be and you're holding yourself back by being attached to an identity, right? Absolutely. For that, that 16 years, I lived a single identity and lifestyle. It was literally waking up and being the same person over and over and over again. But that entire time, there was always a calling. There was always a whispering of my ear in my ear from God, the collective consciousness, the universe, mm -hmm. whatever you identify with that said, you could be more, you could do more. And it haunted me. And a lot of times we can't, like you just hear slight whisperings of your ear of your mm. full potential and what you could be. But some, for some of us, there's so much noise going in on our, in our head that we can't even hear those whisperings. These are so much noise, so much anxiety, so much distraction, you know, like God doesn't scream his dreams at you. You have to take the time to figure these things out. And I knew that I wanted to do more. Unfortunately for me, I had to hit rock bottom. I had to go through chemo and surgery and, 
you know, my chemotherapy was eight hours a day, five days a week, every other week for two months. Like it was the heaviest and sitting in the chemo ward is when I did my deepest thinking of my life. And I, and I said, this is it, man. This is absolutely enough. This is where I draw the line. And I say no more waking up and supporting this identity that doesn't even, it can't even produce my goals. If I keep waking up the alcoholic party animal, I can never become the person who I want to become, which was becoming a professional athlete. So if I'm waking up every single day, knowing I should do something about it and still not doing anything about it, that is what is called the sin of omission. You knew you should change. You knew you could stop that from happening, but you did nothing about it. And that's, that's being willfully blind. And so that's what I tell people in those 16 years of my life. I knew I should change. I knew I should do something, but I remained willfully blind. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've been able to get into speak on stage and speak with on the same stage as Ed Milet and some of my great idols. And when I, I say this to people every single time I close with the same thing is that you don't, it's just like you said, you don't need a near death experience, bankruptcy, divorce, whatever chaos could happen in your life to change your life and change your identity. And I believe this in my core that you can make a decision right here, right now, today, that enough is enough. You can go in the bathroom, look in the mirror and have a long and real conversation with yourself mm -hmm. and say, this is what I will no longer tolerate because it's easier to run away from what you know you do not want and just beginning, just begin to get away from it than it is to get this perfect vision of the future and run towards it. So like when I'm helping people, I'm like, let's figure out what you don't want anymore. Like that's the first thing that we have to figure out. And then let's do, that's hell. That's hell. Yeah. Like now yeah. let's move away from that. Yeah. And I relate to that a hundred percent. I mean, I, every time I do this podcast, I'm like this, this listening to this one message on this podcast can be all you need to change everything in your life. And when you understand the way our brain works and how our brain is desired to avoid pain more than it's desired to seek something that feels good, right? It allows you to manipulate the neural pathways in your brain that have you doing self-sabotaging patterns, right? For me right now, um, I'm working on buying a home. I have a goal to buy a home within a year. And, you know, right now homes are crazy expensive. I'm a single mom, like totally self-supported financially. And so I'm like, all right, I really need to change how I spend cash. Like I, I'm like, oh, $200 jeans. Yeah. Shoes. Yeah. Whatever. And so right now I have a list on my, um, on my computer. I have a list of like little stuff I would have bought on a weekly basis. And it's up to like $2,500 and two, like, it's just so stupid. Like the money that I waste just, just, just to feel good. And it's not even about the thing in the moment. It's about my cortisol levels being high. And I want to hit a dopamine. I don't need jeans. I don't need new shoes. I want to hit a dopamine. When you understand that the shopping, the, you know, alcohol, the drugs, the relationships, whatever is really just a dopamine hit. You're able to rewire the pain pleasure circuit. And so now I'm attaching the pain of not being able to buy a home in a year and hire people to move, hire people to paint, hire, you know, get something redone in it. That's more painful than the pleasure I get from, you know, having a long day as a single mom and 
going to bed, be like, I should buy some new shoes today. You know what I mean? And so it, it's, it's really amazing when you understand how your brain works and how to rewire your thoughts around what feels good and what you actually want. Yeah. Your, your mind is a 3 million year old computer that is wired to keep you alive. So therefore it needs to see the negative first. Right. And then we love to be able to, to, to point out the pain and then, and then avoid it or mask it with some kind of, again, hedonistic behavior, pleasure seeking, which gets yeah. us in a lot of trouble. You know, one of the things, you know, that people tell me or ask me is, you know, would you go through that whole entire cancer diagnosis and the surgery and the chemotherapy again, would you do it again? And the, and the truth is, is that I'm more afraid of who I used to be in my own former identity than to do all of that work all over again. Cause I can't stand to go backwards to that, to cut the bits and pieces off of myself, to stuff myself back into that limited I, I inferior identity that scares the living shit out of me. I'd rather have to do all the work. And one of the things that I found, you know, man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl is a, is a lot of the truth that you need to find in the answers that you seek in life or in the places that you least want to look for them, oh, which absolutely. is in suffering, which is in suffering. Like you, sometimes you have to sit in the pain and sit in the suffering to unpack the potential that is inside there. But back to your point, so many people want to either mask that through pleasure or avoid it altogether. So you literally can't take this, this static potential that's inside of you and make it dynamic potential, right? Cause that potential exists in all of us to be able to change our lives or to do what we want or to get what we want or to provide what we want for the ones that we love. But since we avoid pain so much, and this is why I love the gym and the fitness industry, because you literally have to go, you know, wear down your muscles and, and go through the pain to get the result. And, you know, helping people understand that the thing that you most desire is always going to be in the found in the place that you least want to find it. But if you're willing to do that extra work or the trauma work or the, or the, just the, the unpacking of these painful past situations, you're going to find the answer you're always looking for. And everything is so connected. Um, it's crazy. I'm working with a neuropsychologist, psychiatrist, whatever. I'm not good at the titles right now. And she keeps wanting to go into like my past relationships, my divorce, whatnot. I'm like, I just want to talk about my business. She's like, well, we have to. I'm like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? But it's all so attached. Like, our self-concept, how we see ourselves. And, you know, it's, it's, I coach people on business too. And, and, and I read tar tarot cards and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, your, your, your man's coming up. Like, I don't want to talk about that. I'm like, we have to, you know, it's all so connected and it's wild to see so many people out there that do really well financially with work and stuff. And their home life isn't, isn't really good. I'm like, wow, if you, if you cleared that that, that part that you're just not, you're avoiding going home. You're avoiding the hard conversations. You're avoiding that connection. You know, what would life be like? Mm -hmm. If you looked at it as like, everything is so intertwined and so connected. Um, Cause we, we avoid certain things and it's, it's, you know, a lot of it is going back and seeing the perception of it. That's like in the subconscious mind. And 
you know, when you really tap into that, it's insane just to let go. And that's what like, you know, when I'm talking about weight loss in the 5d, I'm talking about losing this, this subconscious weight that you don't even realize is on you. And then you're, you're free. You know, like I, I look back on my, my life and, you know, addiction. I went to rehab when my son was six, um, divorce, you know, I, I unfortunately caused, I was in a lot of pain myself and, you know, hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people. I'm doing my best to pay it forward now and heal people through my, my life's work and my business. But I look back and I've had to really forgive myself for a lot of pain. I caused a lot of other people around me that I never meant to cause anyone pain, of course. But, you know, if we don't do the deeper work and forgive ourselves for who we were, we can't shift into a new identity. We we can't shift into who our full potential if we're holding on to guilt and shame from the past. Yeah, absolutely. There's a a little quote that I love and it, it makes perfect sense. There's also a book that I'm reading called the 12 levels of energy, which also explains this, which is very fascinating, but the pathway to abundance is through acceptance. So acceptance is the mother of abundance. You cannot get to abundance without acceptance first. It's literally impossible. Uh, and when you're moving up the different vibrational levels of life from those highly neurotic emotions, uh, shame, guilt, fear, anger, uh, and you start moving up vibrationally into these next levels, which is the definition of getting to your highest self, getting into joy, getting into fulfillment, getting into bliss, these different emotional states. Um, the only way to get there and out of that scarcity mindset is to accept. Yeah. And that's really one of the things that I'm, I'm working hardest on really in my current state of life right now. Is still acceptance to the things that happened to me in the past and things that still happen to me today and not getting emotionally charged where I make bad decisions yeah. and off topic, but then just also removing people from my life. I've been very consciously aware of this this year. I've removed nearly all of the people in my life who critically implied negative intent on my behalf in ambiguous situations. Yeah. So when they didn't have all the information and they, they just assumed negative intent on my part and like, these were, these could be family members. These could be uh, best friends. It didn't matter who they were, acquaintances, clients. Like I just, I don't want to deal with it anymore. And that has also been brought a lot of joy and bliss in my life. And uh, again, completely off topic, but also a lot less drama and negative energy, yeah. uh, neurotic emotion, which is crippling, you know? I It's interesting. Cause um a lot of my clients go through that as you're doing this deeper work and seeing what you need to cut out. A lot of times it's cutting people in your, you know, world out that just like see you as a smaller version of you. Some people, if they're, you know, like I said, hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people. And a hurt person is seeing the world through their hurt self. Everything is you pushed out. Right. And so someone that's not happy with themselves isn't going to see the fact that you're a different per per person. I mean, for me personally, I, I'm a completely different person than I was two, two, two years ago. And the fact that I know that that's enough for me, I don't need people around me to see, see that. And some people will only see me for who I was a couple years ago. And that's okay. That's, that's a reflection of them. That's not a reflection of me. Yeah, I love the topic uh, NLP. I know we've talked quite a bit about it on our coaching calls, neurolinguistics programming. And 
in NLP, there's this presupposition that you have to adopt as law within the confines of NLP, which is that we're all map makers. All of us are making a mental map of how we interact with the world, but there's this key phrase and it's the map is not the territory. Mm. So your mental map of reality is not reality itself. Like if you have an actual physical map of New York City, it's not the actual topography and geology, not geology, geography and scale in 3D. It's a representation of New York City, but it's not the actual territory. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that goes back to what you're saying is like, yeah, as you evolve spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, in your relationships, you're going to leave people behind because you're literally shifting into a new version and a new map and a new earth. Yeah. You know, Eckhart Tolle has a great book on this called the new earth. You, you actually not like physically you go to a new earth, but you shift vibrationally and your energy level to a new map and a new version of earth. This is why this is wild to think about. Like there's people in your life that you've never interacted with them ever again. Yeah. Because you, to a new version of your earth, your map, your world, and you left them behind. It doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person, but like you have to leave people behind But see, like, I'm very particular with word choice because, you know, it's not, you're cutting them out or you're leaving them behind. It's that you're, you've actually made an investment. You haven't made a sacrifice. They haven't been sacrificed. You've actually made an investment into your long-term self. And so those are like simple reframes when you do, cause like when I, I, we didn't get into a whole lot of this, but I use nutrition post-cancer and chemo to, to lose like 60 pounds and transform my life physically. Now I'm like this close to becoming a professional bodybuilder and making that dream of an eight-year-old boy come true. I'm almost 40 years old, seven oh, yeah. years removed from cancer. I'm, I'm like super close and use nutrition to do all that. But like one of my massive false beliefs during my like beginning of my nutrition journey was that I was going to leave, like I was going to be alienated from my friends. Cause remember I like, I like to go out and I like to party. I like to be at the, the club and like at the, this and this and that. And I thought I would lose all of those friends. Well, like ultimately like it's eight years later, seven years later, I don't hang out with any of them. Yeah. Right? Like, but during the initial few years, they, I hung out with them less but the feedback that I'd get from them, they like when you start improving your life and you know you're doing something right and you're on the right like path is like those same friends will hit you up, but they were like good, true friends. I'd be like, how did you do that? Like, yeah. How did you lose the way? Like, and then you inspire people. And then once you start inspiring, now we're like, now we're actually cementing that new identity, which, you know, is a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's where the acceptance comes in. We have to just accept that people, some people are in our life for a long time. Some people we think we're going to spend the rest of our lives with them and as a fr friendship partner, whatever. And we find different paths, but we have to have acceptance. Acceptance is, is just where everything is. And when we, when I coach my clients, I look at emotions as overall being in love, you know, if you're looking at the chart of consciousness, which you actually sh showed me, and I use that like on a daily basis, that's where, that's where acceptance is. You know what I mean? Like acceptance is where 
Lala begins, or you're in fear, and fear is a much stronger emotion. You know, fear is so much stronger than love. But when you understand the way why you're stuck in fear, because you're attached to the past, part of your identity on a conscious or subconscious level is attached to the past. And then when you understand how you're drawing in per the law of vibration, law of attraction, law of assumption, you know, you're drawing in that. That's what you're creating in your life. We're all living a world based around what we think it is. It's wild. It, yeah, it's um that's why it can be very much argued that it is a simulation. You know, yeah. Because we're being simulated through our sensory acuity and our five senses. But um yeah, pound for pound, negative emotions have to be more powerful than positive emotions because you can only be so utterly dead versus be so happy like you're completely yeah. dead so that like you have to prioritize negative emotion first the trick is this like this is my favorite this is something that really really changed my life understanding this because i'm you know I, i've always worn my emotions on my sleeves and I, emotions typically have always got me in the most trouble in my life i think anyone yeah. can raise their hand and say when I made really bad decisions, I was highly emotional. I think that's fair to say. And so like, I just want you guys to chew on this. Emotions are low resolution solutions to problems your mind hasn't figured out yet. Emotions are low resolution solutions to problems your mind has not figured out yet. And so it's like looking at the picture of the problem through like a TV from like the 1950s. Mm. It's low resolution because emotions come from the subconscious and the body is the subconscious. So the body produces the emotion. It's not coming from the mind. It's not coming from the brain. The emotions are coming from the subconscious mind, which is the body. And we get even more specific, the solar plexus, which is even more complicated, but so they're always like seek answers first, not emotions. Mm answers first not emotions because i just told you the emotions are low resolution solutions wouldn't you rather have the like the 4k picture version of this problem in your life or do you want the the super low resolution 1950 static e picture and trying to solve your pro your life from that picture no you you'd rather have much cl more clarity to solve the problem and to get a vision of your life which is um by seeking answers first and not emotions. Yeah. Um, the other thing is this, and I know we're running out of time when it comes to negative or positive experience or negative and positive emotions, right? Let's talk about experiences. People love to take experiences and make it binary, good, bad, positive, negative. And that is not true. It, the only, per, the, the only thing on, on this earth that we know of, that can create positive and negative is the human being. It's the human being that decides this is good or this is bad. The universe only knows experience. This is just an experience. Yeah. And it's us that assign, and this is how we communicate internally in our subconscious mind to ourselves. We label it. We assign a meaning and a belief to the experience. Oh, this is bad. I'm a victim. Oh, I'm being rewarded for this. Right. And that's a lie. That is the biggest lie. And so, and then directly after we assign a meaning and to the experience, we have an emotion that emotion drives a thought, our actions, our decisions, and our results. Right. And so 
think about experiences much more like temperature. It's mm. not just hot and cold, right? It's like a thermometer. There's varying degrees of experience based on how you're communicating the experience happened to you. Just like there's varying degrees on the thermometer, but just what's hot to me might be cold for you, but what's cold for you might be hot for me, right? Yeah. So to try to take that with you as whatever part of the day you're listening to this and look at life through that lens, right? There's called the three questions of destiny that I love from Tony Robbins. And I always try to implement these three questions. Anytime I'm going through what could be perceived a positive or negative experience, which is what am I focusing on? Right? Is this positive or negative? Is this happening to me or is this happening for me? And what am I going to do about it? So what is my physiology? Because the cure to anxiety is action. Anytime we think something bad's happening to us, we feel stress and anxiety because we don't have choices to solve the problem. So the only way to solve the problem is by taking action. Mm. And also communicating to yourself, you have to communicate this. You have to stand at guard at the doorway of your subconscious mind and make sure you're telling yourself, I am not a victim of this, but I'm actually being rewarded. Cancer did not happen to me. It happened for me. And yeah. because of that, that reframe, I was able to go on and have a, a lot bigger change post-cancer than ever had before. And but a belief is literally just a thought that you keep on th 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 thinking. And to really get in your identity change, you need to change your core beliefs. Um, when I same same vibe when I was going through a really, really tough time a couple of years ago. And I felt like nothing in my life made sense. I was in complete victim mentality. I had the mindset, um, a coach I was working with gave me the mindset, everything is happening for me. And so like, I would journal it, I would script it, I would say it and stuff would happen. And I'm like, this is not, I feel like it's happening for me. But like, it was just, I just kept repeating it and it became my belief. And I give that to all of my clients, all of my clients. I'm like, this is happening for you. This is happening for you. This is happening for you. And you say it over and over and it becomes your core tenet. It becomes a core belief system. No matter what happens, plans can fall through. And, you know, I was listening to an um, inspirational thing the other day. It was like, we can't choose the blessings that we get in, in, our, in our life. And we want to, we want to choose it. And we want to like, move here. We want to get paid this. We want our partner to do this, that, the other. And it's just like, the more we just have acceptance and just like detach from, from things being good, detach from things being bad and just become just in acceptance of all of it, the easier life gets when you get out it's of your way. way. It's the only way to experience joy. Otherwise, if you, if you tie these experiences to wins or losses or bad or positive, you literally allow the experience to control your joy and happiness. Yeah. And you can't be in control of that because you can, you can mourn and experience joy at the same time. Yeah. You can have a loss and experience joy at the same time. Like, Hey, I got something out of this. Yeah. That's going to make me better and also impact people around me. And that is just a decision. But first, the first step is, the key is you have to stand guard at the doorway of your subconscious mind. You have to audit what's coming in and out of that bad boy because yeah, you're communicating to yourself constantly. If you're constantly negative scenario planning your life and other people's lives and your kids' lives and your brain, 
Ooh, you're going to get, you're going to be in a lot of trouble and you're not even aware it's going on. So like stand there first and audit that. hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, Nick, thank you so much. I, I like have notes for days from this conversation. I'm sure everyone that listened to this is going to listen to this at least two, 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 three, three, three times because you are just amazing. And I'm excited for you to share your podcast because I know people are going to want to jump on that. So can you share your podcast with everyone? Absolutely. You can find it on anywhere you, you know, you listen to a podcast, it's circle the W and what we talk about is creating a methodology in your life to create RPM result, purpose, massive action plan. And so you could literally wake up, you know, go to bed tonight and wake up and decide you're going to be someone else tomorrow. And I, I firmly believe with a good foundation, the right support system and the right processes and frameworks that success is an algorithm that success is repeatable that you can duplicate it. You can model success, success, success is a, it's a math formula that anyone can learn. So uh, I help people establish those, those plans, how to get clarity of what they want, how to figure out who they are, because that's one problem. People don't even know who they are. Uh, and then go from, go from there, create massive momentum towards your high self. That's what we're trying to do. Absolutely. And if they want to follow you on in, 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 in Instagram, you're Nick Ross speaks, right? Yep. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok, just Nick Ross, R-O-S-S speaks all one word and love to connect with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if you're listening till now, if you could go ahead and like rate review, share this podcast with a friend, that would be so appreciated. Nick, thank you again so much for your time and coming on. And I hope everyone listening has a great rest of your day.